Hello. Hi. Coming to you through the electrical impulses of the internet, it's F That Noise. Featuring Mike Burdick, Keith Reeves, Jamie Klein, Pete Melia, and Steve Taylor. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of F That Noise. Keith Grieve here, flying solo, wishing you a happy new year as we head into 2020. The boys and I will be back after the first of the year with all new content. So we thought, hey, what if we just kind of put a bunch of clips together, even though we've only been around for a month really, and uh, just kind of give everybody a little something to whet their appetite until the new stuff comes out in January. So we got a couple clips here to play for you. The first clip we have prepared is from episode one, where we talk about Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. I got to tell you, like, like, like the story was fine. So, like, let me get your guys' opinion, because I guess it's, it's not historical fact, obviously. So are we resigned to the fact that Sheeran pretty much killed Jimmy Hoffa? I mean, are we, is, is that what we're all no. kind of on board with, or is this just a, a take? He's, this is something uh, that I've... That I've... I've actually researched because it's something that I was writing, and, and I hope I'm not monopolizing obs- conversation. It's something that actually interests be, me a lot. You used to be obsessed with Hoffa too. I, I still am. I actually I, I wrote something just about all the Kennedy conspiracies, and but the idea is there's like there's like nine different theories. I believe it's nine. There's a bunch of different theories about who killed Jimmy Hoffa that are sort of like the accepted theories, and Sheeran's in many ways was completely discredited uh, because the idea that the, the opinion seems to be by a couple, the couple people that I've read about or that I've seen in documentaries is that he was trying to sell a book when he was dying because he was trying to give some money to his family. He was broke. He was trying to give some money to his family. So he was trying to do this, this book and on his actually on his deathbed, literally, he confessed all this stuff to one of his lawyers who wrote the book, uh, I paint houses. Um, and the, the, the idea is that he, first he said that he was involved, he was there and that, that, uh, that Sal character, uh, is the one that actually. Oh, he's paying. <laughs> he's paying the fisher oh. here. Sorry guys. Uh, so then, so that he, that he actually, that Sal actually killed Hoffa and he was just there. Then he, he came back and said, oh no, it was me. He said, they came back, they said, oh, there's one change Sharon wants to make to the book. It was actually him that shot Hoffa. So like there was that discrepancy. There's also things that just don't make sense. They make it out to be like, uh, Chucky O'Brien was, uh, like Chucky O'Brien was, was this like son to the end and he was totally devoted to to Hoffa and all the stuff, but they were actually on the outs, and they were completely he they completely had, had been in a huge feud for years. He actually had sided with a guy they barely mentioned named Jackalonia Gangster, and they basically he, there's no way if that guy was driving the car that Hoffa would have gotten that car. So his story doesn't check out there. Hmm. There's all Maria Schreiber actually interviewed him at the end after he confessed. She kept catching him in all kinds of lies, oh. and 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 the drive what did, just logically doesn't make sense because the the place that they that he says they took him was over a half hour away, and there's just 
it just doesn't make any sense that they would drive him all the way out there, you know, when they could take him to any house anywhere. So there was stuff like that, and and well, thanks you know, for ruining the movie, Mike. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, no, that, but that, but that's my, <laughs> but that's actually my psychosis. The whole thing is that being interested as I am in this, that's what kept throwing me during watching this movie, especially the first hour and a half. It was like gangsters for a scump. It's like <laughs> I'm like like I oh I, he was involved in Joey Gallo getting killed, and oh he was involved in the uh, plot to overthrow Castro in the right. Bay of Pigs. And oh, he's involved in this, and oh, he's involved in this, and there's no way he was. Hmm. But did did you guys catch though? And I, I I loved this part when Pesci is telling De Niro to go down to Florida, and he says you need to meet a fairy named Fairy. Yeah, yeah that's the character Pesci played in JFK. Yeah, oh, right. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I fucking love that. When I saw, it, I was like, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, when I was watching, I, I thought the same thing as Mike. I was like, well, how much of this is real? How much of this is bullshit? I'm like, after a while, I was like, I'm just going to go with it mm. and just enjoy the movie for how it is. Because no one's going to know how Hoffa died anyway. So it seems like every, it's, it's yeah. based off the book. So it's just, I'm just going to go off the book. It yeah. seems like every yeah. biopic I watch now is like absolute bullshit, like not history at all. Like the, yeah. the Dirt, uh, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. I watched Rocket Man the other day. It was just in the, and I, immediately when I watch these, I Google historical accuracy of whatever it is I'm watching. And I'm just disappointed at every goddamn turn. Yeah. But you know what the thing is? Like most situations, like, uh, you know, most people are like, oh, they're going to change things for dramatic effect. Scorsese, it's almost like he goes the extra, you know, like, I mean, even Goodfellas, like Henry Hill is a, is a mobster. Who knows what the hell he says is true. It's all based on his book. Right. You know, you don't know whether he's telling the truth. So it's but he always goes this extra mile where you just like none of this stuff is actually true, but it makes for a really good movie. Gangs of New York, the entire book is false. And yet it makes for a real interesting movie. Yeah. See, and that's why I love Tarantino so much. Like this year, the once upon a time in, in Hollywood, yeah, he takes historical events and then makes them one hundred percent you know it's not really happening. Yeah, he kind of – well, he's I saying this that. is my universe. This is exactly. my thing. He's not even trying to be historical. Right. He's just exactly. saying, you know. And that's how you have to look at some of these movies like like this one. It's like, you know, it probably didn't happen, but – Sometimes it's obvious. Like if you went, if you walked out of Inglorious Bastards going, well, they didn't teach me that in high school, then you're an idiot. I'm sorry. Well, you're an idiot, but people are still going to believe it. Like yeah. Well, if you talk like this, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Second clip we have up today is from episode two, uh, a controversial episode about pooping in public and different strategies with a couple stories from uh, Mr. Jamie Klein and Pete Melia are the real, the real highlights of this clip. So enjoy from episode two. Let's start with uh, Mr. Klein. Uh, you had an, inter- an interesting uh, anecdote uh, yeah, which illustrates an issue that we all face. Yeah. But go ahead. It's a big fucking issue. It's a big issue. All right. So I try never, ever to blast biscuits while I'm at work. Okay. I will try my hardest not to let off the Lincoln logs while you're at work. Okay. <laughs> it's first off at our work. There is no fan. There's two stalls. It's predominantly men. And you, if I even start work early, it already smells of shit, shit and old spice, you know, and that old person shit, that sweet 
that sweet, shitty smell from old people's assholes. <laughs> what? That's vintage shit. Sweet shit smell. I fucking Starting with it. two strikes against you for sure. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately, one day, and I, I think it was from, I think the night before I had too many uh, dark beers, but, but uh, yeah, it uh, was happening. So, first off, I don't go and use the bathroom that everyone uses on the floor and everybody takes a piss. I have respect for my fellow man, so I find a public, more, more, no, I shouldn't say public, sorry, a more private bathroom on a different floor, <clears throat> all right, so I'm in there, and first off, this is what you're supposed to fucking do, okay, when you hear that, you feel that little turtle head coming out, and you know you can feel your balloon not expand, hit <laughs> a flush, flush it, no one wants to smell your dirty fucking shit, it's a courtesy right? flush, nobody wants to smell it. <laughs> All right. So I'm just sitting there. And of course, I'm looking at the phone. I think I'm looking at a fucking IMDb or some shit like that. Door walk, Someone walks in, right? There's two stalls. There's no one else in the other stall. This Jagoff comes over and tries to open the door. So that kind of shocked the hell out of me. Uh, so I just sat there. He kept doing it. And he kept doing it. You could easily see my fucking feet on the fucking ground, right? He keeps doing it. He's keeps, And then finally, I give him a good old classic Jim Dubs. I go, fuck off! Like that. All of a sudden, the guy just instantly stops. And he and he walks out. Now, I swear, there was no one else in this other stall. All of a sudden, I heard this voice from the other stall. He goes... <laughs> like he was laughing at you. Like I heard this guy laughing. So the first thing I did was, I take my phone, and I, I texted you fucking guys. <laughs> Naturally. And uh, that, that, here's the thing. Here's here's the goddamn thing. Okay, you don't be in there for so fucking long. There's no reason. You don't let. You don't revel in it. You, people know. People are gonna know you're walking around with the brown ass all the rest of the fucking day. That you no, know you wipe, don't you? Well, yeah, yeah, but you know, it's not clean until you see blood. All right, so. <laughs> I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a T-shirt with a butthole and that saying on it. I'm gonna start selling it. Fuck. So, I mean, we have uh, light sensors in the bathroom. There's times I've walked in pitch black, and I see someone's stupid feet sitting there. Are you serious? You're sitting in the motherfucking dark. Fuck. It's just like Chris it's Rock says. It's not clean until you see blood. I fucking love it. <laughs> you know your job sucks if you're just hanging out in the bathroom like if you don't want to leave like oh my god the worst part to I me is when people right there that's a solid podcast and, and these people that talk to you while you're blasting what the fuck is that about i you know, i don't talk to me when i'm fucking weirdo so what's worse talking well, to see, you what's worse talking to see, you years ago though i i I appreciated the joys of pooping at work because most of my professional career in the restaurant industry, I've despised it. So anytime I could take 20 minutes on the toilet, I take it. And I had the crown jewel of workplace toilets. The handicap stall at Uh, the roadhouse grill that I used to work at had its own sink, its own garbage can. And I put up a magazine rack in there and I put magazines in it. And that was my go-to. I would sit there for 30 minutes. I didn't give a shit. Wait, wait. Like put up the magazine rack. Yes. Put up the magazine rack so that you 
to have a better shooting experience? Yes. That's Definitely. fantastic. That, that is pretty nice. That is pretty nice. Although your legs are going to be, like, numb. You're going to be like Danny Glover from Lethal Weapon 2, though, after a while. It's like, hey, it's like the equivalent. Anytime Mel Gibson wants to pull me off my toilet, that's all right. That's I'm not the, Jewish. Oh. I don't have to worry about getting hurt. That's the equivalent of uh, George Costanza with the sleeping station under his desk. Yeah. Yes. So, so it's not going in public. Is that all Jamie'd out, or is that all Seussed out? Oh, oh boy. Oh, it's kind of both, to be honest with you. I think so. I think it's a psychological thing because it actually, for years, I did not poop in public because I I was actually telling my wife about this. When I was in elementary school, I was at uh, DeWitt Road School here in Webster, and the stalls did not have doors on them. So when you, they didn't have doors, so everyone could see you. So I I refused to ever do it. And that scarred me. That scarred me until I was in the Marines, and they didn't have doors on those stalls, but you didn't have a choice. Like, you went or, yeah. So I wasn't going to go three months without pooping, so that kind of broke me of it. But for those first, you know, 12 years, yeah, I never went in public because I was so scarred from the elementary school experience. Well, I'm sure by being in the military, Steve, that you probably got used to it right away anyway, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially the food they fed you. You didn't go for three days, and when you finally went, you broke the plumbing. So everyone was just like, all right, let's just do it. You know what bothers me is people that answer their cell phones while they're in the stalls. Like, like I've been in public restrooms when people have had speakerphone conversations. Oh, no, 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 no. In a public restroom. Yeah, I don't talk on my phone. I just tape everybody. <laughs> I, live, I live stream it. I got pissed off because the guy knew I was in the bathroom one time. I was uh, taking a leak. This guy, start, he's making, it sounds like a heavy metal. <laughs> like, bah, 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 you know, he's just tearing ass. Finally, just real loud. I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a response back, but I have this no idea who sucks. it was or anything like that. So. But, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that it's a, it's a sacred experience. It's a very meditative experience. You can't have someone answering their cell phone there. No, I just. <laughs> I, just want I have to... to admit, I do look at my cell phone because I'm. No. Yeah, I don't want to be so fast where then all of a sudden you got to go again. You got to. Yeah. Everyone does. That's why they call them sharp phones. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Wait, where, where's the? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that deserves that more of a wah wah. Yeah, I don't. Have, I don't have the sound effects today. Oh wow! Whoa, there, there's there's that. There's that. But I do I do want to reiterate something that Jamie did say. Yes, there is a lack nowadays of the courtesy flush. Yeah, I have noticed. I have gone into because I work in the restaurant and I am always going in and out of public bathroom. And there are times it's like, I swear to God, the person might, must be dead in that stall. Or they murdered somebody and brought them in. <laughs> and I work at a Chinese food restaurant, so I know it's our food that caused what's going on in there. Um, but it's like there's never that courtesy flush. No. Because you know as soon as there's the courtesy flush, most of the smell goes away. You're right, right. What is it with it? Why is it a lost art? Like, did it get lost over time or generational thing? It's what a lot it? of things with nowadays where people just don't really give a shit about other people. Literally. It's all about them. It's them, 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 them. Well, I understand that, but we're talking about shit here. <laughs> <You know. laughs> 
<laughs> that needs to be the title of this podcast. <laughs> well, yeah. We're talking about like, shit. You you smell that too? I don't want to smell it either. <laughs> it's like that line for Grandma's Boy, though. Everyone likes their own aroma. It's good. I remember, Keith, you remember one time, this is going way back. We're at Grease Ridge Mall. You drove, and I, I made you leave Grease Ridge Mall and take me home. No. So I had to take a dump. I don't remember and that the, at all. I, I want our listeners to hear what a good friend Keith is. So we're going down Hard Road, right? All of a sudden, Keith starts going 40 miles per hour, 30 miles per hour, 20 miles per hour. <laughs> I'm like, he thinks it's funny. I'm ready to shit in his car. That does sound like something. Grease Ridge Mall, for those of you that don't know, is about a 25 to 30 minute drive from Jamie's house. Yeah, it's it's. Fun. So you were already sitting on there for 30 minutes before Keith oh, starts yeah. slowing the car down. And it was, I think, it was like Christmas time, so it was like we parked real far away and everything, and percolating. But you know what? I, I held it in. I'm not going to go in a public bathroom. And and start making free willies. See, my problem was never going in the bathroom and like what people would think of it. I'm just a neat freak, and I'm a germ, kind of a germaphobe. Me too. Yeah. And those things are disgusting. Like yeah. I can't put down enough layers of toilet paper before I sit down. Now, do you guys ever use those things in the bathroom? Sometimes a cellophane or the, the, the thing that you pull and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I use it as a necklace. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't use those because it's not enough. I I have to have two layers of toilet paper. Like it's got to be a double layer. I don't even want to feel the coolness of the seat. There's, it's got to be like fully insulated. How about this? So like, it, it, you need it, a proper it, ass gasket of some kind. You know, <laughs> like that's true. <laughs> it works. At work, we have automatic flush toilets, so I freaking bend over to put the freaking liner down or whatever. Ass gasket. I like. I'll use that term. And then the sensor thinks that I've stood up as I'm trying to actually sit down, so I end up getting an involuntary bidet. Yeah, and those and those Wegman ones are violent. Yeah, like that flush is violent. Have yeah. you guys ever used a bidet? Not on purpose. No. That that will change your fucking life. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, de- definitely a good experience all it around. So oh, against the balls and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, you don't you don't need the after shower you know right exactly like a particularly nasty business right. <laughs> all right i, I gotta tell this story i, I know okay. it's not really on topic i, I gotta tell the story it, it just popped into my head it's too goddamn funny so <laughs> concert a long time ago in the blue cross arena and with this crazy guy i'm standing there washing my hands in the bathroom and he's pissing in the urinal next to me right so the kind of guy he is you know he's he, he turns to the left and starts pissing all over the guy's shoes in the stall because he thinks it's me, right? And some guy in the stall yells, what the hell? And he looks and goes, shut up, pussy. <laughs> and he came to his right and I'm standing there washing my hands. He goes, what the fuck? You're not in there? I was like, and where? Where? <laughs> <laughs> And our third and final clip for this episode uh, is from episode three. Uh, the episode was about Danny Aiello, who had recently passed, and also non-traditional Christmas movies. Uh, but uh, there was something about the drive of the week, that episode, um, featuring Danny Aiello from Harlem Nights, and its presence in the background that I thought made this clip kind of stand out. So this is from episode three as we pay homage to Mr. Danny Aiello. 
All right, so last week we introduced the uh, new bit, the drive of the week. Mr. Klein, uh, set it up for the folks for this episode. All right. Yeah, we uh, actually coming up on the, uh, I believe it's the 30th anniversary of the movie Harlem Nights. It's a film directed by uh, Eddie Murphy and uh, starring himself and Richard Pryor. But the drive that for this episode is going to be from Danny Aiello, who just recently passed away and we're going to discuss. Um, why don't you take it away, Keith? And uh, here's a little Danny Aiello for you, an excellent drive. So when I see you guys with the with the fancy suits and cars and nice houses, and I'm living in a fucking hovel, cars and nice houses, and I'm living in a fucking hovel, and I'm living in a fucking hovel, and I'm living in a fucking hovel, and I'm living in a fucking hovel. Good try. Oh, oh, that's just the best. Oh, oh, I so drove that. <laughs> and I wish the viewers the, could the see it. He actually puts nice up houses, and, and I'm living in a fucking hovel. <laughs> <laughs> he like jumps up from his chair when he does too. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny part, the one I loved about him in in that movie too, is he played a. For those of you who have not seen Harlem Nights, he plays a crooked police officer, but he plays a very soft-spoken one. Oh yeah. He's always he has that air of he's like he can get crazy, but he never breaks and goes nuts except for that one scene. Like normally he's very even keeled, and it's that's like the one time he loses his mind. Like I don't remember if it was actually the first scene he's in the movie, but it's like one of the it's where he's really like introduced and he's he's talking to Richard Pryor. He like Richard Pryor comes home and he's like just waiting in his living room. Mm-hmm. And he just starts talking, very soft spoken, and uh, he just he's he's talking and he's like, "Yeah, you boy, yeah, that's a nice suit. I buy off the rack. It's very, very, very like understated. Yeah, very quiet. He has a smile all the time. Yeah, so have that makes that drive a, even better. Have you guys seen that movie recently by any chance? Oh yeah, I, I actually saw it maybe less than a year ago. It was on Netflix or something. How does it, how does it hold up? Because I remember when I saw it, I thought it was over, I always thought it was overrated. I didn't laugh as much as I thought I would. Hmm. It's not constantly funny. Like to me, the funniest lines in the movie come from Della Reese and Red Fox, which were not <laughs> in it very often. Right. Yeah. Because even like Richard Pryor, he's not funny at all. He plays a very subdued. Yeah, he's like the straight. He's the yeah. He's the straight yeah. man for the whole thing. Yeah. Um. But I mean, like, yeah, she's the funniest with the pinky toe and all that kind of stuff. It's oh, hilarious! And Red Fox, just the little things he says under his breath, um, unbelievably funny. <laughs> okay, King. Oh, he's just the best. I'm all right, so that's... good for I'm, goodness' sake. I'm, I'm going Whoa. through. I'm going through the filmography, and man, like after like 1992, it's like hard to come by anything with him. Well, no, yeah, I hello. <laughs> Who else? <laughs> I mean, he was never, he was always doing small parts. He was never a big, you know, he was a character actor. He never was a lead. I mean, he did, what's that TV series he did? The The Last Don? Don. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like his biggest starring thing he's ever, he ever did. See, I feel like, I feel like what happened was. I was living in a fucking hovel. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, uh, I feel like, like, I don't know. I don't remember whether 
it was Moonstruck or whether it was the Madonna video, but like it was something that like people started like talking about him and all of a sudden he's in everything for like a four or five year period. Mm-hmm. Seemed like he was in all kinds of stuff and he never had that huge role, but um I think he wasn't he nominated for Moonstruck? He was nominated. No, he no, he no, was nominated no. for uh The Right Thing. Do the right oh, thing. do the right thing, right, right. He's yeah. a pizza owner. The only time he ever got a nomination for an Academy Award was uh, do the right. Because no, it's was... not true. It's not true. He got nominated for a short. I found out. Oh, really? For acting? yeah, yeah. Apparently, he got nominated for a short, and I, I couldn't tell you what the title was, of course. But yeah, Academy back Award. When, back wow. when Moonstruck came out, which was '87, by the way. Um, it was <laughs> back then. The Oscars they did not like putting two people from the same movie in the same category mm-hmm. and uh, Vincent Gardenia was already nominated for Best Supporting Actor he ended up losing oh. to uh, Sean Connery for The Untouchables but it was like when you look at that movie Danny Ayala was amazing in Moonstruck but Vincent, Vincent Gardenia was ridiculous like they both were so good it's tough to choose and I, I, can't, I, I can't think of a person in Moonstruck that wasn't uh, that wasn't really good yeah, like no, I, I mean, he, you know, even even Nicolas Cage, who kind of overplayed it, but he he's, it still was a good character. You know, I'm looking at his filmography. First major motion picture, Bang the Drum Slowly. Yeah, yep. um, that, which that. is a phenomenal movie. What what a way to start a career too with being in a movie with with Vincent Gardena. You got uh, Michael Moriarty and you got Robert De Niro, and it's yeah, that's one of De Niro's earlier fantastic I, movie. I don't remember. Maybe maybe it's because I've kind of tried to forget about forget about the Godfather Part Two, but I forgot he's just he was in it for a minute. There. Yeah, I forgot he was even. But in he it at has all. the line where he, he yeah, he he's added, choking out a guy and he says Michael Corleone says hi, which oh, always yeah. confused the hell out of me because I I didn't know like watching that movie I don't know whether uh, Michael Corleone tried to have him killed. Because they keep going back and forth throughout the movie, and you're like, you know, was he set up? Did he actually yeah. do it? It was really kind of, it was really kind of weird. That line kind of set up a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's actually, he was really good in a very underrated movie, The Front. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it with Woody Allen. I have. Uh, no, I have not. Um, it's a he's true story. Woody Allen a bunch of times too. Yeah, it's a true story about a guy who um, Woody Allen plays a guy um, Howard Prince who was blacklisted during the McCarthy days. Yep. He was a screenwriter, so he had to write stuff, and other people took the credit for it. Mm-hmm. And Danny, Danny Aiello plays a character in the movie, and he's really good. Oh, that he movie, plays Prince? No, 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 no. Um, Woody Allen plays Prince. Danny Aiello plays a guy named well, Danny, which I know is a stretch. Woody Allen uh, doesn't look anything like Prince. Good too. <laughs> <laughs> From the waist down, he does, is what I heard. Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> but no, if you ever get a chance to see the front, it's great like a movie. Purple Rain. Seven point three out, out of ten on IMDb. From what's that? Seven point three out of ten on IMDb. It has one of the best ending lines too. One of the the last thing he says in so, Woody Allen says is amazing. It's a good drive. Do you want to perform? Not a drive, really. Woody Allen has curse. a drive. It's not really a drive. It's a good curse. And I'm it's, living it's, in it's a, a, a drive for Woody Allen. Um. <laughs> No, but, I, you know, Danielle, I, for those of you who have not seen either Do the Right Thing or Moonstruck, which are the two big movies he's known for, he's such a great actor. And I even love Hudson Hawk, which is a very... Oh, oh. Let's, he dances very, in Hudson let's, Hawk. Let's he talk dances, a little bit about Hudson sings. Hawk. Uh, that, that is an underrated fucking movie. I've right? never yeah. seen Hudson Hawk. 
Oh, oh it's yeah. so good. That movie's it's, great. I don't give a shit what anyone says. That movie's funny <laughs> as all hell. Well, it got drunk because it it was in Bruce Willis's heyday when he was a big action star, and everyone thought it was an action movie, but it's really not. It's a comedy that yeah. has some action elements in it. Yeah. And, and they were they were friends. They, they they were actually talking for years about doing a movie together, and that was the movie that Bruce Willis said, "I want Danny Aiello as the the sidekick." And so he did it. It's 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 a great movie. He's a Tommy Five Tone. It's yep. it's funny as hell. Mm. I just, he has one of my favorite lines in it. Fucking airbags in the backseat. He, you ever notice Danny Aiello's had always had good drives? Oh, he does. He does have he's, some, he's got a great voice. He's got a really good voice. Yeah. And so he's he he really makes you feel makes you feel the drive. Hope you enjoyed this best of montage episode of F That Noise. We'll be back after the first of the year with all new content. Hit us up on the socials, Insta, Twitter, Facebook page, Spreaker.com. F That Noise is the name of the show. We'll see you all in 2020. That's pretty much it. <laughs>